Right. If you'd like a voice that's easy, expressive and human, if you want to deliver your words in a way that really makes your listener feel something, you know, and if you want a clearer voice during hay fever season, cold and flu season and even... Yikes, I've sung too loud at a Bon Jovi concert season. (laughs) Then join me for Mouth to Mic. It's my new online voice training programme that comes with its own private community of voice gigs, just like you. For all the info, head over to bit.ly forward slash mouth to mic. That's bit.ly forward slash mouth to mic. This is the Voice Coach Podcast for all the tips and tricks on getting the most out of your speaking voice. I'm Nick Redman and I'll be sharing everything you need to know to keep your voice healthy, sounding great and working the way it should. If you're an actor, voiceover, speaker, presenter or podcaster, you're in the right place. Hopefully it'll be a wee bit of crack too. Let's get started. Where's my water gone? Here it is. Welcome to me singing my thoughts. And what about you? Thanks for coming back to another episode. So today I'm going to talk about another element of looking after your voice, which may not be quite as well known as some of the other bits and bobs so far. Um, You've heard of a vocal warm up. Well, this is a vocal cool down. So what is the thinking behind a vocal cool down to start with? Like, what does it even do? Well, it's a pretty simple concept. I'm sure, you know, you're aware of the term cool down in other areas of life. But it's like if you spent some time being active, you probably shouldn't just stop dead. (laughs) You should melt yourself back into real life, I think was the term I used in a previous episode. I quite like melt. So if you're thinking about it, if you've been really vocally active in some kind of extreme way that's outside your usual comfort zone, then maybe you should sort of ease your way out of it. Like sports, isn't it? You know what it's like when you've been doing all your hardcore sports is and then you finish your sportsing and, and you spend a bit of time having a wee stretch, letting your heart rate settle, generally coming down to your more habitual state of being still on the sofa. <laughs> well, replace the sportsings with voicing and that's where we're at. I think it's really important at this point to introduce the idea of yourself when you're a professional voice user, when you're someone for whom their voice is necessary to communicate, to earn the money on a daily basis or even one-off in these extreme situations. You are a vocal athlete. You're putting yourself in a state that is outside of your habitual comfort zone. Voicing involves the body, the breath, your muscles. So it stands to reason that there may be some bits of your body that need a reset away from this heightened physical state they've been in. And remember, with public speaking and recording, there's also an element of heightened adrenaline at play too. So, you know, you do need to allow yourself a window of time to come back down to earth. (laughs) I mean, even if it's just a Facebook Live or an online meeting or presentation for work, like the heart rate gets going and your adrenaline gets up, doesn't it? God, I always have to sit in the sofa with a wee wine after I've done a Facebook Live. I mean, that's not what I recommend for a vocal cool down, but it is part of my process. So research, let's get a wee bit sciencey because for some of you might be, she's pulling this idea out of her bum. Research into the effects of a vocal cool down is still quite in its infancy, really. But I've popped a few links in the show notes if you fancy reading on a wee bit of additional information. 
And this research does tend to be focused more on singing, but you know, spoken voices use all the same things anatomically, so as far as I'm concerned, it can all be applied to spoken voice. Now, the general consensus is that the research itself so far is, to be honest, pretty inconclusive of the actual science or physiology of the voice cool down. But anecdotally, voice users involved in all the studies tend to report really feeling vocally better with cooldowns. And I think that's important to think about, really. It's that holistic nature of voice and it's that body-mind-voice connection in all of this. Like if your mind is settled by doing a warm-up and a cool-down, your body is settled and then your voice will be freer as well. And that in itself is, is really worth noting. And one quote I just wanted to share, which sort of sums it all up from a research perspective, came from... The impact of vocal cooldown exercises, a subjective study of singers' and listeners' perceptions. From the Journal of Voice by Carrie Reagan. And it basically said, this is quote for quote, I'm just quoting this. Singers strongly perceived positive impact from the cooldown exercises on both their speaking and singing voices. Even though the objective data were statistically insignificant, the singer's subjective data clearly indicates a perceived sense of vocal well-being after utilising the vocal cool-down protocol. The variability in the daily life of a singer, e.g. stress, menses, reflux, vocal load and vocal hygiene, makes it difficult to objectively quantify the impact of vocal cool-downs. And what does that translate to, folks? We're all different! Gosh, it's like I know what I'm talking about sometimes. We're all different and that's why voice care and vocal health information is so hard to apply across the board. There are too many variables from human to human to say one way or another if any of this is any kind of use. It's like what I said in the episode about warm-ups in that five-minute warm-up app. It's like you may never have done a warm-up in your life and you're fine. And that's great, but some people may not be able to voice at all without warming up. And that is also fine. You've just got to try it. And that's what I'm here to share. I'm here to share it all, all the options, give you all the ideas. And as a pro voice user, I mean, I know that if there's something recommended for my vocal health and some semblance of science that I trust, even if it's just subjective user experience within a study for it helping, then (laughs) I'll give it a wee go as long as the source is reputable. So what should you do? Well, basically, we're aiming for things that encourage release and return to the way your voice tends to habitually perform. So perhaps lower airflow, less volume, less use of pitch. Exceptions always exist, of course. But if you think about some of the extreme voicing situations we might put ourselves in, that could be doing creature voices for a video game, which I'm pretty sure most people don't spend their day doing. Although my four-year-old probably gives you a good run for your money. Speaking on a microphone in a big conference hall, that's going to involve a very different physical setting. Sitting down to record in a microphone all day, that can cause a lot of odd postural and breathing things that might need resetting to what your body's used to. What else have we got? Oh, teaching. If you're a teacher and you're in a big space leading a classroom or or coaching a group of people, then that's going to be quite a lot of calling over the noise. And that is an extreme situation as well. So I'm going to show you a few things that sort of helped me that I've taken from lots of different places throughout my life, both as a performer and voice user and as a coach. And you'll notice that I employ those first three stages of the warm-up structure. So physical release, breath 
and resonance or vocal quality, not so much the articulation. So the first thing you're going to do is a nice, oh, feel free, by the way, to push your chair back and give this a go. So it's a full body stretch, just listening to your body, which is a bit of a nap, saying, but closing your eyes, noticing if you've got any areas that feel stiffer than they did before you started. Give them a little stretch, a little tweak, let the breath keep flowing. And if you've got one, which I do, have a lovely big yawn with your tip of the tongue behind the bottom teeth or out on your lower lip. If that's more comfortable. Yawning's brilliant for releasing the constrictor muscles at the back of the pharynx or the throat and releasing the tongue roots so that the larynx, if it's been sort of raised into a slightly higher position, depending on which vocal register you've been working in, just releasing it and letting the larynx reset a little bit. Next thing is a spine roll. So you can pop your feet onto your hips, knees released, bum heavy, spine long, neck nice and free. And then you just allow yourself to let the head flop down The hands and arms get heavy, the shoulders get heavy, everything rolls towards the floor. And this is why (laughs) maybe sound a bit more muffled now. Once you get down there, I'll come up just as big into the mic, but once you get down there, give the shoulders a gentle shimmy, maybe sway from left to right from the hips. So let the feet stay stable, the knees stay released and the hips stay stable. And just gently sway from left to right with the arms nice and heavy and the head and neck released to release that lower back area and then just gently roll yourself back up. You can do a little lip trill when you come up if you like. Whatever you fancy. If you've not done a lip trill when you roll up then I would do one at this point or any other SOVT exercises that's semi-occluded vocal tract exercises which are a lovely safe way of getting some voice action happening. I'll do SOVT in more detail in a future episode. So things like that puffy wuss slide that was in the five minute warm up episode with the big hamstery cheeks, loose lips, when you just gently slide up and down, that's lovely. Or anything that's a sort of voiced fricative consonant, that was as in vegetable, as in zebra or as in th keeping it really loose and really easy. You don't want to be like or naming really tight. Keep it really airy and free. Next thing is a lovely sigh into that vocal fry creek position. So we get And really, if you just glide down your range to your lowest, most chilled out note, you'll find that lovely low pressure creak quality. Think too cool for school, kind of. Uh, uh. Next one is slug tongue. Really nice for releasing the tongue root. Again, helps the larynx just reset if you've been working in an extreme position. Tongue out on the lower lip, like this. Like this, she says, remembering that you can't see her, but stick your tongue out. And then just speak through anything you like. Days of the week, months of the year and counting one to ten is really nice because it's mindless. We all know that. Do it in your own accent, your own language, whatever. But you can just talk through what you're doing in the evening if you want or how you find the day. I've had a really nice time recording this podcast. It's lovely sharing the information with people. But eventually what you'll feel like is the tongue just kind of gives over and relaxes. And it's a really nice one for just encouraging length and release in the tongue route. There's another really nice exercise which is comes off the back of what's called intoning. 
where you sort of chant like a monk a little bit and then you drop down into your own habitual place. It's often used as an exercise for finding your optimum pitch because often we sit in this place that is a wee bit lower energy than ideal for getting the most out of our voice. So intoning is often used to find a place that's just a little bit higher but doesn't cost you too much effort. But it's also really nice in a warm-up because you can just let yourself Go from intoning in the place you were speaking in for whatever you've been doing and then just gently drop down to where you usually live. So if I've been talking on the microphone because I'm a presenter and I need something that's bright and excited and really enthusiastic and a little bit above where I'm usually speaking, if I take that sound and I just keep going a little bit and I keep it like a monk and it all sounds a little bit weird and you might feel like an Egypt, but you're going to crack on and then you're just sort of going to let it feel like your voice kind of drops off a cliff and then you end up just sort of slipping down. And what you feel is that little transition down from that place where you have been, introducing yourself back to the, hey, this is us kind of place. That one might take a little bit of practice, but it's just about vocal awareness. So do give it a go and keep that intoning true to where you've been, but not really intense and pushed. Next thing is some neck stretches. So there's a brilliant three-point neck stretch video on my YouTube channel, which was introduced to me by vocal rehab wonder, Dan Chalfin. I've popped a wee link to his website in the, in the show notes as well. But if you just pop your, basically it's a chin down to the chest. It's a rolling over to the shoulder. So it's almost like you're trying to wipe your eye, the corner of your eye on your shoulder. And then it's a turning your head forwards into that position you would be in when you've done an ear to shoulder stretch. I like to call this bit curious dog. You know, when a dog cocks her head to the side. (laughs) And then the next one is just from that position, lifting your chin up. And I call this one cocky. What? This is your yeah, what position where you're showing the jugular and you'll feel that stretch move around to the front of the neck. And then you just move backwards. So you come back into curious dog. You drop the neck down as if you're trying to wipe your ear on your shoulder You roll round the chest, hang there for a wee moment and then float the head up and then just do it the other way. Otherwise you feel lopsided. (laughs) That's the official term. So chin down to the chest, rolling over with a nice released floppy neck as if you're trying to wipe the corner of your eye on your shoulder. Nice and easy, no need to push it. Then you're gently turning the head forward like a curious dog. You have to obviously do the sound effect. And then lift that chin up into your yeah, what? Jugular position. And then just go back through. Curious dog. Floppy neck eye wipe. That's catchy. That's that's staying. Round the front and float up. So then we're getting into a lot of those muscles that do some of the stability in the neck, which can really take the pressure if we're in an extreme voicing situation. Then another big stretch and a yawn. Good. Oh God, that was a big one. That was like three steps of a yawn. And then have a nice little bit of sleep. (laughs) So there you go. A little bit of an example of a few things you can put in for a cool down. Again, if you don't have time for them all, it's fine. Have a little play. See which fit your environment, fit your personality right now when you're working on exploring your voice and just see what happens. See how it feels. It's just a really nice way of getting your mind settled, those stretches, 
getting the body regrounded. If you've been all adrenaline up, that's what the uh, spine rolls are lovely for. And then your voice released with some of that creak and the slug tongue and the yawns. So you're just hitting the body, the mind and the voice, which I think is really important after you've been speaking. And like I say all the time, you only know if it helps you if you give it a go. So why not? Sure, what is there to lose? Pop it in your post-speaking, recording, performing routine and just see how it feels. All right, that's us. Your first little insight into vocal cooldowns. I hope you've enjoyed that and I shall see you next time. Oh, remember to check out the links in the show notes. And this time I'd like to tell you to, if you're enjoying this podcast, give it a cheeky wee review and subscribe. See you soon. Thanks for listening to the Voice Coach Podcast. To get the most out of your voice, come on over to our free community on Facebook, The Voice and Accent Hub. See you in there.